want to read a couple of scriptures to you as we begin. Matthew, the 26th chapter, and Isaiah chapter 1. Matthew 26, beginning with verse 36, it says this. It says, Then Jesus came uh, to the, uh, with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and his two sons, uh, two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not Watch with me for one hour. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. And then in Isaiah... Chapter 1, verse 19, the scripture tells us, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Tonight, I want to talk to you about being all in. The importance of us being all in. And I want to share some things with you from my own life and from my own ministry that will help to illustrate this point of being all in and why it matters. I want us to see that there are people who are waiting for us to be all in with God. Amen? Amen. I remember before I came to to Ramah to attend Ramah Bible Training College, I was already in ministry. My, My grandfather was a preacher, and we were at a small church in southern Illinois. And he had gone home to be with the Lord, and there were some of us there that were filling in. And the, the church where I came from, it was a, it really, I mean, they called themselves full gospel, but it's still, they held to some Pentecostal traditions, things that, you know, that we used to do. But they also, they did have some knowledge about some things from the Word. But I can remember distinctly, uh, we were preaching there, and one of the things, uh, I sang some, I mean, some would, some would say arguably I sang. <laughs> but I can remember uh, carrying, like, if, you, if they knew you sang at the churches in the area where I was from, you were expected, this was back when cassette tapes were still big, you were expected to carry cassettes with you when you came. And they would see you come in with your big old Bible in case they asked you to preach, and your case of tapes in case they asked you to sing. You'd just be ready for either one, right? <laughs> I'm not saying we were doing everything right. I'm just telling you where we were at. So I had some ideas about what it meant to be in ministry or to be a minister. And I had some wrong ideas about that. And I came, uh, I remember when the Lord uh, spoke to us about coming to Ramah, uh, I had been dealing with some sickness in my body, dealing with some things that uh, I started listening to some teaching by Brother Hagen. One of those teachings in particular was the praise cure. Uh, and it was, uh, it was part of the, uh, it was, I think it's ministering to the Lord series is what it is in faith library, but the praise cure, he would teach about the importance of praise. Pastor Hagen was talking so eloquently this morning about praise and worship and the importance of those giving thanksgiving. 
But he would talk about how we needed to raise the praise in order to lift those things off of us. And then they would do it in demonstration. And I would follow along uh, on that tape and I would listen to that and they would begin to worship God on those tapes and I would worship him right where I was at. But there was always an advertisement at the end of the tape about Raymond Bible Training College or Raymond Bible Training Center at at the time. And so I ordered this VHS called Passage to Purpose. And I'm going to say this to you. If you came here on Passage to Purpose, you'll notice what I did, that it showed these beautiful mountains on that VHS. And when you got here to Oklahoma, I didn't see none of that. And the only thing that I can figure is with all this faith, they must have moved them all. (laughs) So anyway, I ordered that, but I did not tell my wife that I had ordered this Passage to Purpose VHS tape. And she had been going to a Bible study at another church in town, a denominational church there. And the Lord spoke to her her heart one day and said, would you move to Oklahoma so Rob could go to school? How's that for God doing something for you? You know, because I didn't want to tell my wife, hey, I think the Lord's calling us to move away from your family right? That's, you know, those, there are some things that it's better if you're married that you let the Lord speak them to their, your spouse's heart, right? Yeah. So it doesn't cause you trouble later. So anyway, we came out here, but I had all these ideas about ministry and how that was supposed to look. And so I came out here and I was attending Rama. But I still had some of those same ideas that I thought, you know, uh, I jokingly say now, half joking, you know, I was picking out the the color of my suit, what the name of my TV show was going to be, you know, and my traveling ministry. I had these ideas, right? I was going to get my tapes polished up and ready to go in case somebody asked me to sing when I got there. That's funnier than what y'all laughed. That was, it's okay. (laughs) So I ended up, when we got done with school, I ended up going back home and I was pastoring. The first church that I pastored was this church that I had left to come here. They asked me right about graduation if I would pastor that church. And I said, yes, we went home and I'm doing what I was called to do. I was trained for ministry, so I'm going to go preach. And I was there and things were going well and we had been there for a couple of years and uh, one of the pastoral staff that was here was leaving to launch out into ministry to start a church and he was going to a little town called Mattoon, Illinois. And I was in Southern Illinois and the Lord started dealing with me and he said, help the Yoders. It was Pastor uh, Pastor and Mrs. Yoder, Pastor Marvin Yoder. The Lord said, help the Yoders. Now, I wasn't so sure about that because I'm pastoring a church and now you're saying, go help, do something different. I trained to be a pastor and so now I'm going to leave that and go help the odors. So I made it a matter of prayer because I know how to hear from God. I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. I made it a matter of prayer. I didn't run to Sarah and say immediately, hey, this is what the Lord's saying to me because again, you want the Lord speaking to both of you about those things. Well, long story short, we ended up going to help the Yoders. We left the church that we were pastoring and we went to help them and we were just helping them with whatever they needed help with. And man, we had not been there too long and they had Monday evening prayer. And I can remember in this Monday evening prayer service, I could take you to the very seat and I could point it out and I could say, that's the seat right there where I was just crying, just weeping. 
And I know everybody in the room probably thought, oh, look at that brother just being blessed. The Lord is really ministering to him. But what I was saying to the Lord was, how long do I have to be here? And the reason was because I had this idea of what it meant to be in ministry and I've left this church I'm pastoring and now I've gone to help the Yoders and I have zero preaching responsibility. I'm not over some department. I'm not doing anything that I thought was ministry. I was just helping do whatever he asked me to do. If he said, make some copies, I made some copies. If he said he wanted me to help out with his media, I had worked in the media duplication when I was a student here. I got his CD ministry going. I was just helping anywhere that he asked me to help. But when I was, when I was praying that night and I asked the Lord, how long do I have to be here? On the inside, not audibly, but on the inside, I heard these words. Son, there are many things that I want you to get while you're here. Much of how long that takes is up to you. And immediately, these two scriptures that I'm sharing with you tonight began to become more real to me. I understood that I had to be all in with God. Now, I was obedient. I left the church that I was pastoring, and I was serving there because the Lord had said, help the Yoders. I was obedient to do that. I went there because I understand what it means to be obedient. I've been married a while. (laughs) I was also in the military, and I know what it means to be obedient, to follow an order. But just because you're obedient does not mean that you're willing. I wasn't all in. I wasn't giving God everything that I had. I can remember one time when I was, when I was in the military, one of the jobs that nobody wanted to do uh, was to go get the mail. I didn't want to get in the mail truck, this little Nissan that we had, and have to drive across Atlanta traffic. I was stationed in Atlanta, Georgia. I, nobody wanted to do it because it, was, it felt like it was like beneath us or something because everybody else was working in the office and enjoying that, and I have to go do the mail. But I would do it, why? Because they signed my check, because I signed their contract. I was obedient, but I wasn't willing. My unwillingness is what got me to take the mail truck to a place on base where I knew that there was lots of mud where the army would do their training and go mudding in the mail truck. (laughs) I was obedient, but I just wasn't willing. Sometimes I think that our obedience will get us places, but when we get there, we shut down because of an unwillingness to do the things that God is calling us to do. You know the classic story, you probably heard it before about the the little boy whose dad said, son, sit down, and he wouldn't sit down, and so his dad got a little more stern, and he said, son, I said, sit down, and his son wouldn't sit down, so he walked over to where he was at, and he grabbed him by his shoulders, and he put him in his seat, and he said, I said, sit down. And the little boy said, I may be sitting down on the outside. He said, but I'm standing up on the inside. (laughs) When I got to Mattoon, I was still standing up on the inside because I thought I was giving up all of these things that I thought were ministry to go and help the odors. 
Two words definitionally that I want to share with you. The first one is obedience. It, it means this. It means compliance with an order or submission to another's authority. It's a bending to the authority or control of another. It's what makes children do what their parents say. That's obedience. Willingness, however, is this. It's favorably disposed in mind, prompt to act or respond, done by choice or without reluctance, relating to the will and power of choosing. And I want to tell you this evening, some of the best servers that I know are doing more than just following orders. They've got a yielded heart. This idea of being consecrated in life is what I think Romans 12 is talking about when it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. You know, you've heard the saying before that the problem with a living sacrifice is it wants to crawl off the altar. We're to present our bodies. Everything about us is supposed to be consecrated to whatever God desires for us to do. But this consecration involves dedicating ourselves wholly to God, surrendering every aspect of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. It could mean telling ourselves no to some things. It's not simply obedience, but rather it requires this all-in attitude. This, I'll go where you want me to go, Lord. I'll do what you want me to do, and I'll say what you want me to say. It's being all in. In order to fulfill God's plan, we have to let go of our own plans. Recently, in a time of meditation on this subject, I had the Lord say these words to me. He said, people, places, positions, and plans... And I just meditated on those words, people, places, positions, and plans. And I knew enough to know, again, it was the Lord dealing with me, and I know he was speaking to me, so everything he says to me doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you, but this was for me. And so I'm praying it out, these people, places, positions, and plans. And as I'm praying it out, I, I hear these words, there are people, places, and positions that you had to be willing to leave behind in order to be engaged in the place where I was taking you. See, up until that point where I was in that prayer meeting in Mattoon and the Lord told me that there was many things that I want you to get, much of how long that takes is up to you. Up until that point, I might have been leaving some places. I had left my home and gone to Ramah. Then I went back. And now I'm in Mattoon. I was taking my family some places. I was leaving some people. But it was my plan that I was still trying to fulfill. It was what I wanted to do. And I was just, when I was a, a Ramah student, I was obedient to come to Ramah because I felt like the Lord was dealing with me to come to Ramah. But I wasn't willing to just go anywhere. If he'd have said to me, go to Africa, I'd have run like a scalded dog. If y'all know what that is, maybe that's too colloquial. I don't know. You know, there are notable people in the Bible that went all in. If you consider Abraham, he had to leave his homeland. The scripture says, and it says in Hebrew or Genesis 12, rather, it says, get out of your country and away from your kin to a land that I'll show you. Isn't that right? And I'll make of you a great nation. He had to leave his family and he had to leave the place that he was from. We look at Moses and he left behind the comfort of Pharaoh's house. 
And God commanded him to to deliver the Israelites, but he had to be all in. He didn't immediately go all in, did he? We know his story of being out in the desert. The disciples, several of the disciples, including Peter and Andrew and, and James and John, they left their professions as fishermen to follow Jesus when he had called them. They left people, places, and positions for his plan. They chose to be all in. There are other individuals in the Bible. We know the story uh, in, in Mark 10 of the rich young ruler. I used to love this song. I, I like Southern gospel music. And there was this Southern gospel group that they sang a song about the rich young ruler that said, if the rich young ruler had it over tonight, he'd tell the Lord that the price was right. He wasn't willing to be all in. He, God, uh, Jesus located him when he said to him, uh, he said, one thing you lack. I think oftentimes people have something in their lives that it's one thing that they lack, that if they'd be willing to go all in in that area and say, God, even that place. Any of you have one of those junk drawers at your house? I don't know why we keep it. We call it a junk drawer and we keep a bunch of stuff in there that we're calling junk. Why in the world are we keeping that? I could, I I might need that flathead screw. (laughs) We have junk drawers in our houses or we'll have friends come over and we're showing them the new place that we just bought and they can go anywhere in the house except for the back bedroom because that's where we threw all the laundry when they got there. You're like, what's behind there? Oh, that's nothing. I think in our lives sometimes we have these areas that we'll let God come in and, and he can move and operate in our lives except for this one particular area. But what he's wanting from us is that we'll be all in, that we'll say there's no, no thing in my life that's not off limits for you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And the people and the, the places, uh, all of those things, the positions, I'm willing to leave all of that behind to follow you. When we do that, we're all in. I think there are a couple of reasons why our consecration matters so much. The first one, in looking at this subject that I saw, that the, the first reason that our consecration matters is because others need our help. Other people need our help. And as long as we have something in our minds or in our lives that we're unwilling to let go of, God is trying to move us into a particular area or try to get us to do something. But as long as we hold on to that thing, we'll never let go. We'll never move on. You know, there are people, I'm convinced, over the years in pastoring and uh, being an associate pastor, uh, I'm convinced that there are people that are just holding a position that God is dealing with them to move on and do something else, but they're staying there because someone else who God is trying to move into that spot isn't going. And just simply out of their loyalty, they're trying to hold the line to make sure that whatever they're working on for the kingdom doesn't fall through the cracks. And in order for, for, for somebody to leave here to get to there, someone else has to come here. We have to be all in. 
In this, in this life that we live, walking with God and, and, and desiring, endeavoring to do the things that God is calling us to do, we have to make a decision that is there anything in my life that if God told me to let that go today, that right now I'm unwilling to let that thing go? Is he saying for me to do anything? Is he asking me to give up anything that I just right now wouldn't let go of? If there is, we're just not yet all in. Imagine if every person in the body or in our church or in your ministry, if everybody was doing what they were called to do, just helping, just being a help. When I left, I think the biggest thing that I choked on leaving the church that I was pastoring to go to help the Yoders was that the Lord said help, and I thought in some way that that was lesser than what I was doing pastoring a church. I had this idea all wrong that if I left, that, well, that's not the same. That's not as good as, but I was wrong. I find it interesting how the apostle Paul relates this truth in, in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 25. He says this, he says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you're the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, verse 29 though, then he says this. He says, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? And he's talking about the gift, not your prayer language. And the understood answer in every one of these situations is what? No, 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 not, not all are apostles. No, not all are prophets. Not all are teachers. Not all are workers. But isn't it interesting in that list that he doesn't ask the question, are all helpers? So would the implied then be, yes, we're helpers. And if you would argue that it's lesser ministry, I'd have to say, be careful. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, the Holy Ghost is a helper. The Holy Spirit is in helps ministry. Isn't he helping you? Oh, glory. I do this with my students when they get quiet. I dance back behind the safer back here. I'll just be back here. Isn't he helping you? And if he's helping you, will he help you to help others? You know, I, anytime there's something that needs to be done within the body of Christ, I feel like Philippians 4.19 applies. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I've been thinking about this. I think what happened is because we have the idea that helps is somehow lesser, 
Number one, we forgot that the Holy Spirit, we're in good company if we're a helper. But I think that we forgot that God supplies all of our needs, so therefore, there's plenty of supply. There's plenty of ability. You remember a couple of years ago when we were dealing with COVID, and they said the supply chain is broken? And they're like, oh, we got plenty back at the warehouse. We just don't have anybody to get it to you. I think sometimes we've allowed the supply chain to get broken within the body of Christ because people think that helping would somehow be less. Oh, brother, now you quit preaching and gone to meddling. Say something funny, brother Rob, get us all back together. There are things that don't get done sometimes in the body of Christ because nobody wants to say, well, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Now, if you're helping, I'm not talking to you. But all of us, I'm in the ministry of helps today. If this body has but one head and we're all members in particular, aren't we all helpers? What I didn't understand when I was going, uh, when I was, when I was at that prayer meeting in Mattoon and I'm asking the Lord, how long do I have to be here? I didn't understand the lessons that he'd been trying to teach me throughout my life that would make me a better helper. I was saying to him, God, how long do I have to do what I considered at the time menial in comparison to what I was doing before when I was getting to preach? when I was the pastor and making the decision because I was so concerned with my position. How long do I have to be here? I think the first thing that happens is when we go all in with God that we start seeing that we're helping people. But the second thing that happens is when we, we go all in with God, we grow personally so that we can move to the next step that God has for us. In Matthew 4, verses 18 and 19, it says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. In order for us to be made into what God is calling us to be, we have to first follow him. If we're going to be all in with God, we have to follow him. And sometimes following him means that we have to say no to the things that we may want to do. And it's not because God is trying to keep something from us or because it's somehow lesser or because he wants to, to make us draw back from anything that might, what we might consider uh, full ministry. It's because everyone is called to help. Because we're all called to help. Imagine if, is it Barna uh, gave the statistic that 10% of the church does 90% of the work. Well, if, and I'm just speaking now uh, to the Rama family, whether you're here or whether you're online listening, you're part of the Rama family, if you've ever been touched by this ministry. But if what we're called to do is go teach people faith and help usher in the second coming of the Lord Jesus wouldn't it behoove all of us to do it as quickly as possible? Ooh, you're preaching real good, Brother Rob. Say it, brother. Thank you, I think I will. <laughs> Glory to God. We have to, uh, 
Where you and I are today, it's a result of what we've done along the way. Our, con- our consecration or lack of it will help to park us or propel us into the next thing that God has for us. Whenever we see that there's an opportunity for us to help in some way, we have to understand that God is going to do something for other people because of our willingness to say yes to help. But he's going to be doing something in us as well. He's going to be teaching us, growing us, shaping us, molding us for what, he call, what he's called us to be. I was telling the students the other day, I was in class and I said, you know, if you've never apprenticed under anyone and I need some welding done at my house, you're not coming over and welding a bead. I don't want you over there doing that. There are lessons that I learned serving in other places that helped me be better serving where I'm at today. The things that we're doing along the way that sometimes we don't understand that it's already ministry, they're preparing us so that when we get to where we're going, we're going to learn the lessons one way or another. Why not learn them now for the future and prepare ourselves for what God's going to do in our lives? Those words that God spoke to my heart, man, I got to hurry. Time goes quick here. Did you notice that? Some of you are like, oh, not quick enough tonight. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Those words that God spoke to my heart, many things that he wanted me to get, here's a few of them. By saying yes to go to Rama, and then leading me to stay connected to the Rama family, he was trying to show me the importance of having a company of believers, like Acts 4.23 talks about. When they were let go, they went into their own company. God was trying to teach me that by volunteering as an usher when I was a student here, he was placing people in my life to show me how to serve the body of Christ with a spirit of excellence. Brother Brian Cumberland uh, was my, my head usher. I was a Sunday night usher. I was good too, just not as good as Brother Brian. Guys like Brother Harold Pillars, Brother, Brother Dave Throwup, Brother Brian, Brian Cumberland, they taught me to serve with excellence. They're the reason why when you see me in the bathroom and the counters are wet, that I've got a towel and I'm drying them off so that they're better for the next guy. They're the reason that when I left and I was going into ministry and I was pastoring a church, that I loved people the way that I loved people because they showed me that they were more important than my processes. God was trying to show me that along the way, those people that he put into my life, were trying. he was trying to mold me helping to teach me that Ephesians 6, 6 means that we do the will of God from our heart. By working for this ministry as a student in the media duplication department, he taught me that the natural work that the employees over there were doing had spiritual significance. They weren't just mundane tasks. They were reaching people for the kingdom of God. With every CD that I put into to one of those packages, they were praying over those things. They were sending the word forth. They were in ministry. They were helping because people needed the message of faith that we were putting into that media. They needed the message of healing that we were putting in there. God wanted me to understand that what I was doing at the time was already ministry. By going to the first church that I pastored back home in the country, 
I learned that any platform is valuable if God is sending you where the light of the gospel is needed and where people are searching for help. Like Matthew 9.36 says, like sheep without a shepherd. By going to Mattoon to serve Pastor Yoder, the Lord showed me he would be faithful to provide for me, that, that he would place people in my life who would help me while I was helping them. Just like Moses and Joshua, like Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, each one sharpens another. By serving as the pastor of a small denominational church in Paducah, I learned that there are hungry hearts in every denomination. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now shall they preach unless they're sent. Finally, I learned coming back here that the things that God had placed in our hearts, no matter how long ago, they won't need to be pursued if we'll pursue him. He brings them to pass. If we follow him, he makes us fishers of men. I wasted so much of the early years of my life waiting to get into ministry, not really realizing that I already was. That God was already using me and he was molding me. And step after step, after step, as I would yield myself to him and I wouldn't chase the things that I felt like God had placed in my heart, I stopped chasing them. Some of the best advice that I ever got was when I shared with Brother Yoder what was in my heart about the future and about coming back here one day. And I, had, I, I held that real close to vest. I didn't tell anybody else about that. And he said to me, Brother Rob, he said, if that's the Lord, he said, you serve everywhere like you'll be there forever. And he said, he'll bring it to pass. That's what I did. I made a decision that I was going to be consecrated to God, that I was going to be all in, that if I was doing something, I was doing it as under the Lord, that I was going to be anointed to help, that the things that I was doing, there was anointing that rested upon me. And that whenever I came and I served in any capacity, when I made CDs uh, for, for Pastor Yoder, when he said uh, uh, that I want you to start the nursing home ministry, and that was low on my list. That was just low. I did it when I was a kid and I, 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 it was hard for me. But when I did it, God showed me some things and he showed me how to raise up leaders and I turned it over to somebody who could do it much better than I did. Why? Because I wasn't concerned about the position. I wasn't concerned about the place. I just wanted to be in the plan. If you'll make a decision, God, that I'll go where you want me to go and I'll do what you want me to do, I'll be all in for you. I'm going to put my hand to the plow. I'm going to do something. I'm going to start today where I'm at. And whatever you're revealing to me, I'm going to take it as a lesson learned for the call that you placed within my life. I'm going to end up doing everything that you, I'm going to run my race looking unto Jesus. For he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Bow your heads. Let me pray with you. As our prayer team is coming, Father God, if there's any person in here, Lord, that I was speaking directly to, either online or in this room, that needs to make that decision to consecrate to the call tonight. Lord, I pray you would just by the Holy Spirit begin to cause a stirring in their heart. Lord, that they would understand that the things that they do as unto the Lord, they are ministry. Everything that they put their, their hand to uh, in, in service to you, Lord, is ministry. 
and it brings great reward in the kingdom. There are people that need their supply. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that rests upon each and every person within the kingdom of God to do the work of the ministry. And that ministry includes being a helper, Lord. Doing and being all that you've called us to be. Oh, we yield ourselves to you, Lord. We give ourselves wholly to you. Oh, I just say, here I am, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. Use me for your kingdom. I'll not let another day go by, Lord, that I won't put my hand to the things that you're calling us all to do. I'll not draw back from what you've called me to. I'll serve you with my whole heart. I'll be both willing and obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you may be here tonight and you need somebody to pray with you individually. Maybe you've been struggling with something that the Lord has placed in your heart. And now you're just seeking answers. You want somebody to agree with you by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't even, you don't know what it means to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to find out more about that. It's an endowment of power from on high. These people that are down here are faithful and they've been chosen to help you when you need, when you need someone to pray with you. They're in ministry. They're helpers. And they're here for you. When we dismiss tonight, don't let this evening go without coming down. If you need prayer, don't let this night go past that you wouldn't utilize the help that they're offering to you by the Holy Spirit. You'd let them hook up with you. We're all going to believe God for the next step. We're moving into a new year, and it's going to be a good year. God is going to do great and mighty things. Amen? Oh, glory to God. Pastor Bill, is there anything else? Guys, we love you. We appreciate you so much. Be here on Wednesday night for the lighting of the the Christmas lights over in the park, and then we're going to be here for Hour of Power. We love you and appreciate you. Be sure to come down if you need prayer. God bless you. Have a good evening.